Join women passionate about agriculture and food at the upcoming Advancing Women in Agriculture Conference being held on June 21st and 22nd, 2022 at the Hyatt Regency in Calgary, Alberta. Re-energize and re-engage while listening to leaders in agriculture and food tell their stories. Network and make connections with other women in agriculture. Learn tips that will help you meet your goals. For more information and to register, head to advancingwomenconference.ca or head to the link in today's show notes. Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast, a platform for women in agriculture, ranching, homesteading, and more to share their stories. I'm your host, Caitlin Dubin. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast. This week, you'll meet Erica Lenacek. Erica is the owner and face behind the name brand, the brand Erica, and the host of the Rural Mindset Podcast. Erica is a personal development specialist and mental health coach who helps people become the best versions of themselves. She works to provide people with proactive mental wellness strategies backed in neuroscience and positive psychology while helping them accomplish their goals and stay accountable and work with forward momentum towards their dreams. Erica is passionate about giving people the skills, supports, and strategies that would be needed so hopefully day-to-day stresses and anxieties can be managed, especially on the farm. Erica lives on her spouse's fifth generation commercial Black Angus ranch in Marwain, Alberta. Erica grew up interested in being an advocate for the agriculture industry and is passionate about educating people on the myths surrounding agriculture and beef production in particular. I cannot wait for you all to meet Erica and hear her story in agriculture as well as the tips that she is providing for us today to help with the little thing called burnout that I feel a lot of people have definitely been experiencing over at least the last two years, if not more. I have been working with Erica over the last few months here in getting her new podcast, The Rural Mindset Podcast, out into the world. She has recently launched it on February 15th. So be sure once you are done listening to The Rural Woman Podcast, you head on over and search The Rural Mindset Podcast and see Erica in action behind the mic as the host of her brand new show, I am so very proud of her and all of the work that she's done to accomplish this big dream of hers. So congratulations, Erica. I could not be prouder of you. Congratulations. Before we get to Erica's episode, let's go over this week's listener review. This week's five-star rating and review is from Jess T305 and is titled, So Relatable. I stumbled upon this podcast on a long road trip. I have gone back and listened to a ton of the older episodes. These girls know what I'm going through as a farm wife and mother. When I'm having a hard day and feeling frustrated, I find one of these podcasts. My feelings are validated, but also puts things into perspective. Big fan. Well, thank you so much, Jess, for your kind rating and review over on Apple. And be sure, my friends, if you have not left a rating and review on your podcast player of choice, please do, as this helps the algorithms of the 
podcasts, which who knows what they are. They're probably similar to the other algorithms that we're all more used to over on social media. But this helps more folks like you find the stories of women in agriculture. And the more that these can be shared, the better, I think. And a big hello and welcome to the newest patrons of the Rural Woman podcast. Cheryl, Irene, and Kimberly have joined us over on Patreon in supporting the stories of women in agriculture to be shared. So thank you, ladies, so much for joining us, and your financial support means the world to me. If you're interested in becoming a patron of the Rural Woman podcast, you can head on over to patreon.com slash the Rural Woman podcast or by heading to the link in today's show notes and learn more about how you can support the show. Without further ado, my friends, let's get to this week's episode with my friend Erica. Erica, welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast. I am very excited to get to interview you, my friend, for the show. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me on your podcast today. Honestly, the pleasure is all mine, but we could go back and forth the whole time saying, no, it's yours, it's mine, it's yours, it's mine. (laughs) Yes, we got. (laughs) So for the listeners who may not be familiar with you, give us your background and how you got your start in agriculture. Okay. Well, I grew up in a small town. I grew up in Crossfield, Alberta, and I didn't actually grow up on a farm. Our family has a farm operation that, you know, was homestead that was given to my grandpa's brother took it over. And so that's kind of where that went in the family lineage. But I grew up in a small town. I grew up in Crossfield. I already said that. (laughs) I just always loved agriculture. I was always interested in the kids who got to be in 4-H. I was always interested in, you know, the crops and that kind of stuff. And I just, I always thought it was so cool. Like, wow, you get to be outside with animals all day. That's amazing. That's such an honor. And so I naturally growing up in a small town, you hang out with people who are in 4-H. You hang out with the farmers. I graduated with 42 people or something like that. And we would always go to our local rodeos, as lots of people do. And we started hanging out with, through my sister, some rodeo cowboys. And I met my now spouse, and he, his family is a fifth-generation farm, and they have about... 200, don't actually ask me the number. We have about 200 head of a commercial black Angus and we farm grain farm just to feed them. And now here I am in Marwain and living on a farm, living my dream life. I have always been in love with cows. My first stuffed animal was a cow. When I was a little girl, I had a cow themed bedroom. And now I get to just be my happiest self with cows every day. (laughs) So that's kind of how I got my start (laughs) in egg. And now through university, I guess I was involved in the egg club because I just, I wanted to be an advocate. I wanted to live the life. I, that's where I found my friends. That's 
who I wanted to be around. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm going to live the life and I am going to somehow become somebody involved in agriculture because I loved it. And here I am. That's amazing. I just think it's so funny. Well, and you know, I'm looking back now on my life and how would I have ever met a farmer or a cowboy? I did really like attending rodeos because I did find the cowboys there quite good to look at. So <laughs> <laughs> I went more of the the farmer route versus the cowboy route, but uh, yeah. <laughs> that is so great. Well, and let's talk about your university experience, Erica. You have quite a few years of education behind you, and I want to talk more about what you learned in school and kind of how you smushed that all together with the agriculture interest you had. Yeah, I have a Bachelor of Science in General Science with streams in Neuroscience, Psychology, and Kinesiology from the University of Lethbridge. And I also have a Bachelor of Education with a major in science education and community health from the University of Lethbridge. So not egg, but I found the human body to be super fascinating. And I found farmers and the farm life and farm burnout to be super fascinating. And that's how I smushed <laughs> it all together. Basically, you just wanted to get inside of our brains and know what the heck is going on with these people and why do they do what they do? <laughs> yes, <laughs> pretty much. And why, why? Like, yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, so good. So talk to me about, you know, going into, you know, after you've graduated and, you know, you're living your dream out on this farm. Tell us what you do for work outside of the farm and then we'll we'll dig more into the what you do yeah. on the farm. So for work outside of the farm, I am a life coach and I work in mental health in schools. So those are totally two separate entities, not related, but my off-farm job 9 to 5 is that I work for Alberta Health Services. I am a mental wellness coach in the schools, so I teach kids K to seven, basically proactive mental health. And then my five to nine job <laughs> when I get home is I am a life coach or a personal development specialist, proactive mental health specialist. And I have my own brand, the brand Erica. And I work with farmers and ranchers with masterminds and I public speak and I have my own podcast coming out or that is now I guess released when this by the time this goes out and we I basically found that out through my own mental health journey and it sometime in my deepest depression I will I go into that a lot in my social media and my podcast Somewhere when I was in my lowest point, I actually went to a presentation that was done through or by Do More Agriculture. And they said that they had, I think it was 63 or 68% of farmers and ranchers were in a mental health, either going through a mental health challenge or having mental illness in some way, shape or form. And to me, I was sitting there, I was like, I'm seen. I am heard, I am seen, 
at that point in time, I was not doing so well. And then I realized that I have the education through previous traumas. I have the experience, plus I have the passion for agriculture. I was like, I can be the person who does something about this. I can be the person who bridges the gap between agriculture and mental health. And there it was. The brand Erica was born and I started taking monthly clients and I didn't even, I had no idea. To be honest, I had no idea. I knew I had the training to do it, but I didn't have any idea where this would go or what it would look like. And I just took it one step at a time, one client at a time, and I found a huge passion for it. And now I am doing all these things and I love it. Yeah. yeah. Now the rest is history. Pretty much. (laughs) I always find it really interesting for people who did not necessarily grow up in the lifestyle that they're in now in rural life, whether that's farming or ranching, and the outside perspective that they bring to the table when it comes to, you know, how processes are done on the farm, how, you know, you move grain or you move cattle and all of these things. People who didn't grow up this way don't have the mindset of, well, this is how we've always done it. They're bringing something new to the table. And the fact that you had this training under your belt and you got to listen to a presentation tell you the severity of essentially the mental health crisis that is in agriculture and not only in Canada, but worldwide. And to know that you had the skills and training to relate what you knew to the new life that you had. Because I feel like, and this has been talked about before, but farmers and ranchers who need the help and who have reached out for help to somebody who essentially does not understand their lifestyle. And there can be times where it can be your counselor or your therapist can recommend things for you to do to take care of yourself. Whereas if you had a nine to five, you know, you went to work and you came home and you had those hours and you could do all of those things. If your life was, quote, average, those things, yes, would likely work for you. But when you live in a lifestyle where your essential being is so out of your control because of the weather, because of the markets, because of X, Y, and Z, whatever is happening on your operation. So I I want to thank you for taking what you've learned and applying it to this type of lifestyle because that's what we need. Like that in my bones, I think that's what we need in agriculture. We need mental health professionals to know what we do and figure out and adapt ways that will help us in these situations. Yeah, I totally agree. And even when you were saying that, I had, I just ran on my social media a preventing calving season burnout series because a lot of people are in calving season. Obviously, I'm on the ranchy side of things. And I was sitting there and I was looking through scientific studies and that's who I am as a person, right? Is my whole practice is science-based because I am a science person. I love the neuroscience behind things. I love 
the knowing what's happening. And by science, I mean the knowing the processes that are happening in your brain and body rather than the trendy terms that a lot of coaches and stuff like that float around. And it's not that they're doing it with bad intention or anything. I just like using the actual anatomical terms of things um, in anyways. But I was looking at science studies of preventing burnout and what are they finding in the newest research? What are they saying? And it was so funny because it's like, get rid of the thing that stopped, that is stressing you out. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just going to tell all the farmers and all the ranchers to just get rid of their cows during calving. Like that's... And that's the disconnect that we see. I think a lot of times when we have professionals and it's not that they're not doing their job properly, it's just that they don't have the experience. And you can't say de-stress, get rid of your calving cows because that's the thing stressing you out. It's not going to work. It's not going to be helpful. And so when I look at these studies, I think about things that we could do on our operation, even though I haven't been around long, I've seen enough and I've heard enough through my friends and things like that. And I pull from my experience on what I could do here. And then I try to take the science and then broadcast it out to people. So it's a lot of brain work for me, but I just want to give people ideas that help in ways that are not get rid of the stressors in your life because that's not maintainable, sustainable, or even doable for farmers and ranchers. Yeah. Can you speak more to, I guess, we'll go into calving season because for a lot of people (laughs) right now, that's that time. So can you give some wisdom or words of advice of what people can be doing to help themselves right now? Yeah. So if you're in the thick of it. A lot of people who are in the thick of it would be the purebred people just to, you know, right? We're commercial people. We don't actually start calving until April, end of March. But if you're in the thick of it right now, just really try to think of your processes. So when I say processes, it's kind of like literally any other operation actually is the way that I do things every day saving me time. Is it saving me energy? Should I have, and maybe this year is a reflective year a little bit too for what you can do next year to prepare. Should I have pre-prepped 50 meals and put them in the freezer? That's something my mom used to do with a bunch of my friends' parents growing up is she used to do freezer meals and they would make like 50 suppers for, I think they did it for like harvest and calving and my mom was just really busy. So we did it too. And it was an awesome time for all the women to get together and they had cook-a-thons. Like little things like that, that will save you hours in your calving week, but it's also kind of fun and social. If you're in the thick of it, just also look at how are you sleeping? Sleep during busy season on the farm is not something that is prioritized, but we really need to prioritize sleep. Sleepy person has accidents and I'm huge on safety and a sleepy person will have accidents that also cost money. And I know that if you're in a farm operation, you're probably concerned about the amount of money you spend and need to be spending. So prioritize 15 to 20 minute naps. 
15 to 20 minute mindfulness sessions even can be enough to recharge your brain. The Calm app, for example, has, you can pick 15 to 20 minutes, time it, have a little mindfulness session, and realistically, you should have 15 to 20 minutes to have a brain break or a body break. I would also prioritize, I'm not a nutritionist, but nutrition and water is huge. So I talked about food and prepping meals already, but snacks, grab and go snacks. Whether that looks like when you are getting things ready, cutting up all your vegetables in advance and having protein bars, things that are going to be substance in your body for a long time is very helpful too. And then one thing I always do because calving season can be very hard mentally. You can have those days where you pull two or three calves where you, you know, where things are just not going well or whatever that looks like. And I always say you also have time to journal. I'm a huge fan of journaling through my personal experience uh, with it. Journal three things you're grateful for and three good things that have happened in your day. And those things can be extremely beneficial to turn what is called your reticular activating system. It works as a filter in our brain. Your reticular activating system can turn that information coming in every day that will, you could look at life as, I'm stressed about calving, I know it's calving. How many people also are like, okay, it's calving season, panic. Like you already have that ingrained in you. And if you start to rewire your brain using writing down three good things, writing down three things you're grateful for, if you can do that, you start to rewire your reticular activating system not to be stressed about calving season, but to also look for the three good things and the three things you're grateful for, which is huge because it actually changes what part of your brain information goes to first. It helps turn on your thinking brain. It stops fatigue. And the science behind that little tiny switch in using your reticular activating system versus that information coming in and being a stress in your amygdala is what that part of your brain would be called, can be a huge difference between its mindset work, right? Between whether you feel stressed out or whether you feel like you can do it and you can make it through the day. That was a lot longer than (laughs) quick tips, but there's so much more to your brain than just simply being like, like I said, decrease stress. There's so much more to it than that for me because I talk about food because you can't expect a diesel engine to run well on gasoline. So you have to put good quality food in your body. I talk about sleep because you can't expect your car to run on a low battery. It doesn't even start. So why do you expect it from you? And then I talk about the journaling because that helps. That's the first start of rewiring your brain to look for the good things in every day. Yeah, for sure. Well, even when you're talking about the, you know, the gratitude or finding just those simple things, if I can add on to that, if you can share those three things with the people that you love, I think that helps with relationships during those busy times because it can be really stressful, not only for yourself personally, but for 
your relationships within your family, within your marriage, within your partnership, with whatever it is. And it takes vulnerability to share those with other people that you're grateful for or things that you thought went well that day. But I think that also helps you begin the rewiring process that it's okay to share those things and it's okay to share when things aren't going well for you and really open up and share what you're feeling during these times. Because I know, I think as women, it might be a little bit easier for us to do these things, but, you know, for the men's in our lives, it's not a typical thing, I don't think. No, actually, Lucas and I used to, I don't know why we don't anymore now that you're saying this. We used to, though, every single night, we would get into bed and we would be like, okay, three things. And we would talk about three good things. And sometimes we would end up talking for an hour or two going to bed about what happened in our day, how we're doing. And like you said, that connection and that conversation is huge, especially in an operation where you work at home, you work with your family. It's not average, right? So many people get to leave their houses, go to their nine to five, leave work at work. You you live at work here in this in this circumstance. So yeah, absolutely sharing it with somebody can be really beneficial. And it's kind of fun. Honestly, I look I used to look forward to it. I used to be like, oh, like, okay, what are my three things that I'm going to say to Lucas tonight? Like I I should make them good. Like, what are we gonna talk about? And it would get kind of exciting once we got into it and we got used to it. Yeah. And honestly, it doesn't cost money. It really takes no time to do these things. You're you're living your day. It just takes, I guess it takes the effort to notice. And sometimes that effort can seem like a lot like, oh, gosh, I have to think of three good things that happened in this really crappy day. But I like to look at it as like, was it a crappy day or was it a crappy moment? And those are the things I have to walk myself back through so I don't end up spiraling in these really high stakes times. And when we're so busy, it can be difficult to do. So those were all really great tips and tricks. And I love the idea of having like a -a cook-a-thon with people and like everybody coming together. I hope my neighbors are listening to this because I think (laughs) this is a really good idea. (laughs) Yeah, like I will never forget that ever in my life. We had, we would have sometimes, I think up to five women, so the five families worth of food, and they would make 50 or something meals and freeze them and you're like good to go for like two months. It was unbelievable. It was so cool. Well, and it just speaks to the community, right? Mm. And I always think like, as a person who came into this industry, and, you know, I'm kind of the outsider still, I just think like doing things like that, just to me, is building community within your community. Because for me, it's really easy for me to build community online, which is kind of strange when you think of the dumpster fire of 2022 that we live in (laughs) and building community online. But it's something that it comes a lot easier to me. I'm 
able to find more people who understand this versus the people that are around here that have lived like this for however long and trying to explain to the newbie like, well, that was a dumb question or like, why don't you know these things, right? So I, yeah, it speaks to the community and I'm sure this cookathon isn't like new news to a lot of people listening to this, but I'm just like, hot damn, this is a great idea. I love it. Well, if I can help one person, that's always my goal. I, if, if I put one a post out on social media or I talk to one person and they get one idea that helps them feel less stressed, I've done my job. Exactly. You helped me. You helped me. Join women passionate about agriculture and food at the upcoming Advancing Women in Agriculture Conference being held on June 21st and 22nd, 2022 at the Hyatt Regency in Calgary, Alberta. The Advancing Women in Agriculture Conference was created for every woman who is passionate about agriculture and food, whether you're a university student studying agriculture, producer, entrepreneur, representative of a growers association, or corporate agribusiness. AWC is for women who want to enhance their family life, community, career, and industry through communication and coaching, mentoring and networking, financial management and independence, health and balance of life strategies, career planning, and setting goals in all of these areas. The Advancing Women in Agriculture Conference has a proven track record of bringing women in agriculture and food together from across Canada and parts of the U.S. AWC is proud of the quality of speakers that they bring to the podium, including business experts, motivational and inspirational leaders, industry representatives, and me. I'll be presenting on stage at the Advancing Women in Agriculture Conference, and I would love to see you there. For more information and to register, head to advancingwomenconference.ca or by heading to the link in today's show notes. So I want to head back to the farm and ranch stuff. Share some stuff with me. How long have you been on where you are now on the farm? Three years. How many years? Three Three, years. So take me back to brand new baby Erica on the farm. New farmer, new rancher Erica. Tell me what you wish you would have known then that you do now. The power of getting off the farm and going out and making friends. That is, you just spoke to that, the community. Growing up, I grew up in town, right? And also becoming an adult at the same time. (laughs) Those are two things that kind of happen simultaneously for me. And it's really hard to move and make friends as an adult, especially when they shut down the world right after. But getting out and trying to find my people a little bit more. I wish I knew that for little baby farm, Erica, that really put me into my downward mental health spiral is I didn't know. I was like, why don't all of these, there's all these girls like around here. Why don't they invite me over? And people, some of them didn't even know that we had moved because we just moved into Lucas's grandma's house. 
So it's not like it's a new house being built. There's nothing changing for them driving by, right? So some of them didn't even know. So I made it a priority for my mental health that I now do. I get off the farm. I go to little events in our community so that I can meet more people. That's probably the biggest thing. If anybody is moving out onto a farm, especially six hours, that's what I did is I moved six hours away from where I grew up. So obviously I moved myself out of my niche, out of where my friends are, and I just kind of stayed home. (laughs) So don't do that. (laughs) My, that's my my number one advice is like because you have to put yourself out there especially if you're taking over an older farm site is join the events in the community and put yourself out there because it's kind of neat what happens when you do yeah for sure can you speak to what your relationships from your previous life what they look like now and if there's been any major changes since you've made this big change in your life yeah I am closer with some of my ranchier type friends just because I think we actually have more in common. I can, it's not that we weren't close before, but I just find that some of our relationships have morphed where we're sharing more about farm stuff. I've lost a lot of relationships just because we don't have things in common anymore. And my previous, some of the ones that I have maintained we have to put in the effort of actually staying connected because I anybody who goes to university, you realize very quickly too with that regard that your friends come from all over and then you kind of just go poof and you disperse out however far. And, and with my close circle of friends, I make sure that I check up on them regularly that I'm sending them Snapchats or videos or things like that. I love sending my friends like happy mail. So every now and then if I go shopping or something, I'll, that's just who I am. Like that doesn't have to be something people do if they're not, that's not their love language, but I will be like, Oh, like this is a cute little bracelet. I'll just send it to my friend down in Airdrie or something like that. So yeah, they, a lot of them have changed because of us all moving. A lot of us, I've lost some of them and I wouldn't say losing. I just think as you get older, your circle gets smaller and things become more precious. And some of them have grown and become really awesome because of that change. So I think a little mixed bag of everything. Yeah. Yeah. And that is something that I think I know I struggled with a lot when I moved out here was the changes in the relationships that I had. They either didn't seem strong or they weren't existent anymore, or there was just so many things that we no longer had in common that we used to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that's just what happens to when you get older and your life changes and all of those things. But focusing your time and energy on those fewer relationships, I think, is more rewarding for me anyways, versus having, you know, tons of friends and whatever else. I'm, I'm a hermit, though. I really love (laughs) staying home. So (laughs) well, me too. I do too. But yeah. So I want to dive in to your newest project that you 
and I have been working on for the last couple months here. So tell everybody about your new podcast. Yes, we have a we. You and I, you were right about that. We. <laughs> okay, let me preface this. When I say we've been working on it, I've told you a few things to do. You did those, and then you went above and beyond anything I told you to do. So well, thank you. But you're the wizard who teaches me how to do the tricks. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited. I'm like in that like nervous, excited feeling. We talked about that today earlier. <laughs> but I am so excited. It launched February 15th. And it is the Rural Mindset Podcast. So it's all about bridging the gap between mental health and agriculture. I want to, yeah, I not want to. I am putting out one episode per week. That's, I said five to 10 minutes, but some things need 20 or so just because of the nature of them. I'm learning, but I have shorter episodes with five to 20 minute mindset, mental health tips, things like that. And then I have once a month interviews with somebody who is in the farm life, who is also a specialist in some area of health. So it's going to look different. Health is so, has such a variety, but I have various people. I want to hear stories eventually too, but at first I definitely want to have those mental or physical health professionals in some way on. So I'm really excited. Yeah. You came to me with this idea and I obviously fell immediately in love with it because I think that anybody who is open and willing to share about mental health and agriculture needs a platform. And more or less needs a platform with the knowledge and the know-how behind it. And you obviously have those things. So what has been the most exciting thing about launching your podcast? Uh, Seeing myself on Amazon and Apple and Google. I think I messaged you and I messaged my mom right away. And I was like, "Ah! (laughs) I'm on the internet. I'm on the internet. That's so great. And I am just so thankful that I got the text message with mom. So that means like, that's pretty cool. Heck yeah, you're right up there with mom. So for the listeners that don't know, I do offer uh, podcast coaching and Erica has been one of my wonderful, wonderful clients who have gotten their idea from concept to reality and being launched on the worldwide web of podcasts. I don't know what we're called, but uh, she has a podcast out there, which is really, really great. So what do you think is, if you could give the elevator pitch for your podcast in, you know, one sentence, who is your podcast for? Farmers and ranchers and anybody really in rural life. Right. Yeah, I think It's funny, I think we can kind of silo ourselves into the specifics of our industry, whether, you know, you are a farmer or a rancher, or you grow, like, you're a small-scale farmer, vegetable CSA, and all of these things. Like, we have so many different hats that we can wear in the term, like, in the industry, agriculture, but it really comes down to rural living. I think, like, Mm -hmm. that's what brings us all together is the thing, like, we are outside of what the norm would be now. So yeah. Yeah. So great. Yeah. Anybody. And really, if if you have a brain and a body, 
that's kind of how I say it, this will be beneficial for you. Yeah, I'm so, so looking forward to it. My last question for you, Erica, is what is the most rewarding part about being a rural woman for you? Helping other rural women. That's what I have put my time and energy and passion into. I love creating a community and I love meeting rural women with various stories and things that they have gone through and helping them and helping them be their best selves. I couldn't have found a better niche. I couldn't have found kinder people. And I absolutely love connecting and helping other rural women. That is so great. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners today that I have not asked you? Yes. (laughs) Just throw me for a curveball. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I always end, no matter what I'm talking about, because I talk about mental health, I always try to end things with my tagline, quote unquote. But if you are listening to this and you are having a hard day, Just remember, you have survived 100% of your hardest days so far. You have 100% survival rate, so you can survive this one too. That's so good and a good reminder for everybody. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For the listeners who would like to connect with you after the show, where can they find all of the Erica goodness online? The brand Erica. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, you name it, you put it out there. If you would like to listen to my podcast, it is the Rural Mindset Podcast, but it's also linked on all my social medias. Perfect. And I will link all of those and the other resources that you mentioned in the show in our show notes so people can find them and use them and they can find you and connect with you. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Erica. It has been my pleasure to get to interview you today about you and your podcast. So thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. It was great. Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast. A special thanks to our Patreon executive producer, Sarah Reedner of Happiness by the Acre, and to my editor, Max Hofer. For show notes, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. You can connect with me on social media using the handle at wildrosefarmer on all platforms. If you love the show, make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts, plus share it with a friend. We'll see you next time. Did you know that you can get this same great episode of the Rural Woman podcast ad-free? I get it. Listening to ads during a podcast isn't always my favorite either. But in order to keep the lights and coffee pot on here at the Rural Woman podcast studios, they are necessary. I am so grateful to each and every one of my sponsors, but if you yourself would like to skip the ads while supporting the show, consider joining me over on Patreon. Patrons of the Rural Woman podcast get ad-free episodes starting at tier five on their podcast player of choice each week, plus some other great benefits. Find out more by heading to the link in today's show notes to learn how you can become a patron through Patreon.